Hey everybody, welcome back to Sports the Nemo Way. And we're here with an episode about James Harden, who will be defended by none other than Drew and Wade today, the 6'5", 220-pound shooting guard who has played for the Oklahoma City Thunder, the Houston Rockets, and now the Brooklyn Nets. I almost said New Jersey right there. My bad. Still a habit. Um, and he is a nine-time All-Star, a seven-time All-NBA. Uh, he was also uh, MVP. Six Man of the Year Award winner with career averages of 25, 5, and 6 on 44% shooting. So, Drew, Wade, I don't know which one of you want to go first, but who wants to get this ball rolling? I'll go first and just talk a little bit. Not too much, just a little bit to say in my opening statement. Um, I think James Harden, I know everyone, we're just going to get this out of the way right now. Everyone, he travels. Honestly, even <laughs> though he's on my list, I know he travels. I think he's an elite scorer other than that. He's got, he's got his MVP, and some people on this list do not have. I'll say that. He's got that. Um, this is more recently. It's been helping me and Wade out. The stuff he's doing with the Brooklyn Nets. He's a whole different player. No one saw this coming. Um, we all saw he was fat in Houston and all this stuff. We're like, oh, he's off. Not awful, but like he's just tanking with the Rockets. And he gets traded. And he's coming out. And these triple doubles is like 15 points, 15 assists, 15 rebounds a night. And he's, he's just being more of a team player, not circled around him. And with Kyrie, he's going off doing whatever. Katie's got a contusion now and all this other stuff. I think Harden's actually hurt right now. So, But I think he's doing more for the team success more than what his own glory right now, I think. You can go now, Wade. Good? Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to do a first here. We're going to do a, a player comparison. So grab your dry erase boards, children. Daddy's taking you to school. Do I get to ride in the back seat, Daddy? <laughs> if you want. Dry erase board ready. All right, we're gonna. I'm gonna give you nine different things to compare. So write small. <laughs> All right. Well, here, just I'll explain a little detail what I did to to make it a fair comparison, since one's a current player and one recently retired. Well, are we comparing just two players or more than two? Just, just two. Okay, right now, just two. I took James Harden's um, eight prime years, which was when he became a starter, when he got traded to Houston, up until last year. I didn't include this year because it's still going on, and that just complicated things. So I took pretty much his eight prime years and added up a bunch of stuff and did a bunch of research on that. And then I took the first eight prime years of Allen Iverson and. Obviously, did all the research and math for that good stuff. And it came out quite intriguing. So I figured we'll just do the first player comparison. So you can write down Harden and AI. And I'll give you the, the categories when you are ready. I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready. Everybody ready? ready? Yeah. All right. First one. In the eight-year, eight-prime-year stretch, AI's points per game was 29.6. James Harden was also 29.6. That's actually very uh, interesting. Kind of weird, yeah. It was. I literally Mm. did all the math myself just to double check. Rebounds. Allen Iverson is 3.9. James Harden is exactly 6. Assists. Allen Iverson is 5.9. James Harden is 7.6. Field goal percentage, AI is 41%. James Harden is 44. Three-point percentage, AI is 30%. James Harden is 36%. Everybody caught up? Did I get too far ahead? We good? I'm good. Okay. Free throw percentage, AI is 78%. James Harden is 86%. Uh, This is where it gets interesting. Usage rate, Allen Iverson 34.9. James Harden is 33.4. I'm sorry. What was Harden's? 33.4. 
then triple doubles, Allen Iverson, one. James Harden, 46. Holy shit. Playoff wins, Allen Iverson, 29. James Harden, 42. And that wraps up the stance. Well, uh, you know, you have something to say? Nope, I was just oh, counting the category. I'm not sure that math is right. Well, there you go. <laughs> I think it's nine. Yep. Hopefully okay. after all the math I did, I didn't fuck up that one. <laughs> um, so as you can see, James Harden wins everything but points where they're tied. And Allen Iverson actually has a higher usage rate, which is shocking because James Harden's known for having astronomical usage rates. Hmm. So I found all that very interesting. And Allen Iverson is on all of your all's lists, I believe. He is, yeah. That was my, my first part, just a quick comparison. As it's, it's been referenced, I'm not huge on Allen Iverson. Um, they're both, just to add on just a little bit more, um, just a, other random facts. Um, they both are terrible at defense. Um, uh, I lost my train of thought. Oh, um, it's been said on this, uh, on this podcast in uh, previous episodes that uh, James people sometimes don't like to play with James Harden. Well, Allen Iverson struggled to play with Jerry Stackhouse, Chris Webber, and Cumberlo Anthony. Um, James Harden hasn't really been in any legal trouble, while Allen Iverson has been in legal trouble before, during, and after his NBA career. He's famous for skipping practices, not getting along with coaches, um, teams getting better after he leaves, aka the Nuggets. They trade him for Chauncey Billups and then make it two rounds farther in the playoffs the next year. Um, so yeah, I'll I'll leave it at that. Obviously, I picked on one player, but uh, he was on everyone's list, so I went with that. Well, Wade, your uh, your argument went a completely different. I expected it to, so kudos to you, buddy. Um, okay. <clears throat> well, Ray, do you want to kick off the uh, other side of this argument and go the other way? Uh, yeah. Um. I just want to know why it's taken Harden so long to uh, conform to what he should have been. How long has he been in the league? Oh, 11 years, I think. Yeah, like why has it taken him 11 years to you know wake the hell up and get his shit together? I don't understand. Like he's, His usage rate was what, 33.4? Yes, I don't, I don't understand the ego in the game the last 10 years and now all of a sudden... He, he just, you know, being a team player. And he finally realized that he's not the total master of control anymore and he needs a team to actually win a championship or I just don't understand. Well, here's, if you're done. I'll, yeah, go ahead. My rebuttal to that is, I mean, almost no one liked what he did the past, was it, three, four years in Houston where it's just dribble, 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 isolation, whatever. But he does get blamed for doing what he was told to do. That is what Mike D'Antoni told him to do, and he just he did it. And before D'Antoni was there, he was more of a team player. Um, he put up lesser stats, lesser usage rate, um, but was still very good, still a good passer, still scored like 25, 26 a game. Um, and it was sixth man of the year in OKC, which wasn't a part of my comparison, but he, he played that role very well. And now with Brooklyn... Uh, he's obviously transformed, but what I mean, yes, I, I think a large part of uh, what's the word I'm looking for, um, the way he played in Houston, I think, affected some of their playoff runs. But at the same time, they also made a lot of deep playoff runs, and if it wasn't for the famous Chris Paul pulled hamstring, they beat one of the most stacked teams in NBA history and are probably the favorites in the finals against the Cavaliers, even with him playing that way. I mean, I as somebody that was rooting so hard for that Rockets team to beat that Warriors team, <laughs> even though I don't like James Harden, um, and I was so upset when Chris Paul pulled his hammy uh, because Chris Paul was killing the Warriors. He was. When that mm-hmm. was. Yeah. Um, the part that got me the most is James Harden probably could have had just as much of an impact on the, those next two games if he would have just stayed home. 
<laughs> he was non he, he was a huge negative on the floor the next two games instead of being the superstar that he's supposed to be and trying to carry his team. I'm not saying that he should have won those games because those worst teams were stacked, but he could have at least tried to win those games, not just going out there and, you know, laying an egg. Um, that was the part that it was really hard for me to swallow with that, with, with that exact instance anyway. Yeah. I think a large part of what James Harden is due to the way Mike D'Antoni had the team be run, which was him being extremely ball dominant and extremely high usage rate, which we've, we've all talked about before. Um, I mean, you could just tell, and commentators talk about it. I mean, it's been all over ESPN and, and other channels. He's He looks like he has no energy most time when they make it to the playoffs. So he has some of these games where he's literally just looks god-awful because he's been doing, well, he's very durable, so he almost plays the full season, and he is doing everything for the team. And then he has these moments in the playoffs where he's just, Looks like there's nothing there, and he's struggling to shoot. He has no legs underneath him. Um, obviously, it affects his defense, which wasn't great to begin with. And, yeah, so. Well, I agree with you, and as much as I dislike James Harden, one thing I will give the guy, even though he's technically hurt right now, he has been insanely durable over his career, which is yes. something to say in this day and age where everybody constantly sits out games and is, you know, has a hangnail and is like, I got to sit out tonight. Um, Harden plays 80 games a year a lot, or maybe I'm not, I'm, I'm just saying 80. He plays majority of the season every single year. Mm-hmm. Right now he's got a tweet Tammy. He's supposed to, was supposed to be out 10 days and be reevaluated. They said it's not serious. Nash just said yesterday, the day before that um, he's progressing well and should be back on time. So <clears throat> I don't doubt that he'll be back. Um, but it's actually rare for Harden to miss time for stuff like this because Harden has been insanely durable. Well, Uncle Doug, do you want to um, yeah. come at these fools? Um, <laughs> well, uh, I have to say that what's happened in Brooklyn has really opened my eyes to James Harden. It's easy to uh, it, um, I agree. <laughs> had he been doing that all along, I don't think there's any doubt he would um, I think part of, and again, I I tend to <clears throat> tend to compare these guys to the last guy on my list. So I looked at him next to Pistol Pete, and he was the last shooting guard that I had. Truthfully, Harden's numbers are a little better for his career, and uh, so I got to think about that, why I made that decision. I did part of it was an old guy thing, because I tried to start that conversation some. And part of it was some of the things we've discussed about the playoffs that I've watched Harden so much in the playoffs and struggle that I think it maybe clouded some of my thinking or what I was thinking at the time because I was throwing that in there too. Um, I, I got to say, Wade makes a, a an excellent case. I had not compared the AI thing over those eight seasons, um, which makes it really interesting. Um, this is one that when we get through with our top 50 and we discuss changes we might make, they they they've got a chance anyway. <laughs> um, I think it, I'm not trying to interrupt you, Uncle Doug. No, I think a lot of this could hinge on this season. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, if he continues doing the unselfish play and things he's doing, now I still don't like the traveling. I, mean, I want to see. I'd like to see him change that too. <laughs> but uh, I got to respect the guy for the way he's changing his game to play in Brooklyn. And I didn't see it coming. And people, I didn't either. People can go back and listen to our episode that we did after the James Harden trade where we all said, there's not enough balls to go around. Right. These guys can't work together. And we were wrong. Yeah, who <laughs> saw this coming? I mean, if anybody, I thought, well, maybe KD will. Because KD's been known to be a little more understanding of teammates. More passive, yeah. yeah. Right, than, than Harden and, and mm-hmm. Irving, or Kyrie are. But... I didn't expect this of Harden, so he's really opened my eyes. Uh, so good, good case, guys. Well, um, I will say um, before I go into my argument that I have over here um, to touch on the AI Harden thing. Um, that was a very good comparison, Wade. Um, I also think that 
AI. Um, AI size plays a lot into the way he's viewed since he was so tiny and we've never really seen somebody at that size do the things he was able to do. And uh, another guy that was insanely durable and he weighed like 160 pounds. Um, uh, I think people view him very fondly because of that. You know, this guy that was 5'10", 5'11", 6 foot, whatever he was, out here winning scoring titles. And Always like a, a people can can relate. relate to it because it's he's our height. Yeah, and exactly. he's doing that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, the other thing I've actually been uh, talking to a few guys about this. Um, Biggie being one of them. But shout out to Biggie. Um, there's a big uh, cultural thing with a- AI um, when uh, the dress code thing came up. Yeah, and you know, and AI fought against that because of um, culture, and and pe- and people really bought into that. Um, so I think people have ties to AI um, emotionally mm-hmm. um, that are maybe push him up a list further um, than maybe he should be. I do have him on my list, and I don't. I'm not. I don't necessarily doubt my list, but. Um, your 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 argument there was enlightening, and AI was able to do things in the playoffs that Harden hasn't. Not just the finals appearance, but Harden's numbers actually get worse in the playoffs. Iversons do not, and I'm actually going to touch on that in a second. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say I think part of AI's is you look at kind of the underdog, even though he was a great player. He's in the NBA Finals or a lot of the times in the playoffs. His team was almost always the underdog. And it was like he was fighting to carry the team. Whereas with Harden, oftentimes in the playoffs, I mean, he played some really good teams too, but more was expected of those Rocket teams, mm-hmm. and then they underachieved. Um, and I think that probably fed into some of my thinking when, when I was going through my list. I mean, Harden, Harden has played with – Multiple Hall Hall of Famers. I mean, Chris Paul's the first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, Dwight Howard's going to be a Hall of Famer. Sure. Uh, Russell Westbrook. Westbrook's going to be a Hall of Famer. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, can I can I hit on two things where we keep moving on? Sure. On the the what you brought up with um, what he meant off the floor or culture with culture. I can't talk. Um, I've had people say to me, oh, "Well, he meant so much to the game and all this other stuff," which I find ridiculous in my personal opinion one you had someone that was getting in trouble off the floor i'm not going to go into all the details but for random ridiculous stuff um i think really the only thing he changed was he got people to sag their pants wear corn rolls and finger bands and that's pretty much about the only culture change he he said i'm not gonna lie when I was in junior high, I think everybody I knew had to have finger bands mm-hmm. at that time. It was because so of AI. huge. And a lot of them had the number three on them because yeah. they were AI's finger bands. They all had that three or AI on them. Mm-hmm. And I I don't really think he... Now, like, okay, for a comparison, we can bring up multiple... I mean, see, like, I mean, Larry and Magic literally saved the NBA. That's, that's a big off-the-court... Um, I can't think right now. Um, that's being relevant off the court. Or Jordan expanded the game, or Steph Curry changed the way the game is played now. Not wearing a finger band. Like, <laughs> come on. And I'll switch lanes here. And then we were talking about his playoff success, which he's had three or four pretty popular moments where he, he, just, he just fell apart. Or I think there was a ball with the Clippers where he got on, they, had, they sat him down, and then they made a run after he sat down to yes. win the game. Um, so he's had some bad moments, but he has had some really good playoff performances that no one cares about or just doesn't pay attention to. And his career playoff stats are close to his career regular season stats. The field percentage, I think, is a point off. The points per game is like one and a half points down. I mean, it's not ginormous jumps. Uh, I, I'm actually getting ready to go over that in a second, so I, okay. uh, we'll talk about it. And then... As far as him losing, he lost to 
the best dynasty of this era like three times or four times. So he's running into the juggernaut of the NBA every single time. So he can't even get to the finals because he's playing against the stat Golden State Warriors. Which to even compare to AI, in his pretty much only season of playoff success, he ran into the Lakers dynasty and lost. The best year of that one. Yeah. So I mean it yeah. But but as far as team success, running into the best team of that generation every single year. I mean that that sucks. That's like Malone and Stockton running into Jordan. This is true. Stuff like that, but you can you can go ahead with your, your argument. Alright, so James Harden literally embodies what I hate about today's NBA. No defense, super high usage, fake fouls, flopping, dribbles the air out of the ball, and take the team out of the game. And that's James Harden, in a nutshell. Uh, I'm going to say right off the bat, the current James Harden with the Nets doesn't fall into some of these categories. But 20 games does not make a career. Um, all right, I guess technically it's been he's played 34 games for the Nets. Um, but his usual percentage is that out of control like we've uh, talked about here previously. Um, we've seen... We've seen guys have usual seasons... But he's he's really a one of one when you look at this. Um, there are 28 total seasons in NBA history that a player had a usage rate of 35 or higher. Um, and wow, I totally can't follow what the hell I was writing here. I apologize. Um, yeah, 28 total seasons. Um, and he has three of them. Um, that's more than MJ, more than Russell Westbrook. <laughs> um, there's only been two seasons in history of a usage rate of 40, and Harden has one of them. He has three of the top 14 usage rate seasons of all time. That's more than anyone. Westbrook has two. Nobody else has more than one. Um, Harden's defense is such a joke that I really doubt either one of you are going to try and argue with me about it. Um, you can have it. <laughs> um, they literally have like 10 and 12 minute YouTube videos to him just standing and not even attempting to play defense. Um, play after play. Um, and the most infuriating part of it is he's not some shrimp like AI or some guy that's not athletic like Steve Nash he's fully capable of being a defender I'm not saying he's going to be world class but he's fully capable of being an average defender he's athletic he's strong he's he's quick all the things that make him a good scorer on the other end of the floor oh, yeah. um, so it's an effort thing um, he also pisses me off not just with his lack of defense but his Constantly faking fouls and flopping and grabbing players to manipulate uh, the situation. Um, and for whatever reason, they allow him to travel over and over again and don't call it, which bothers me. Those are just <laughs> personal things. Um, his postseason struggles are well documented, and we kind of discussed them a minute ago. Um, but, yes, his points per game drop two in the playoffs. His assists drop one. His field goal percentage drops two. His three-point percentage drops three percent. Um, and he really disappears in big games consistently. Um, and he had one of the worst finals appearances ever as a young player for the Thunder. Um, while Westbrook and Durant actually balled out in that series, Harden was a huge detriment to the team. Um, the other part of this is, is Harden also runs people off. Not just other Hall of Famers, um, like Howard and Paul and Westbrook, who's supposed to be his best friend in the NBA. But he's run off multiple coaches and consistently bashes them after they're gone. He's had multiple media spats with Kevin McHale after McHale was fired, the whole time being a prima donna and getting his way in Houston, and can't seem to make it work with other people. Uh, 
that's it for me right now. All right. Anyone else you want to talk? I was just going to say, to me, James Harden, who, uh, excuse me, I think his legacy, in a large extent, is going to depend on what happens in Brooklyn. Yeah. I mean, because what you just said is the way we all viewed James Harden pretty much up until this Brooklyn thing. Yeah. I mean, we know the defense, we know the selfishness, and so on. But if he can truly change, the man has talent. He has a tremendous amount of talent. Um, now, granted, some of the offense, um, the offense was geared for him. The ball was always in his hands. He, he did what he wanted. But, again, that's more modern NBA than we see in the past. Oh, yeah. I agree. It is, there is a lot of modern NBA to it. We, he's not the only one in the NBA doing it. He just may be doing it the most. Um, but I also refuse to believe that if James Harden told the coach or the GM or whoever it was, hey, I think CP3 should handle the ball a little more. I want to play off the ball a little more. They tell him, no, go keep doing what you're doing. Right. These stars get their way in NBA. Houston babied him for six years. Well, and it seems like, like you mentioned, the other thing that annoys me is the fouls. He shoots a ton of fouls. And so many of them are... No way do I think they should be a foul. I don't know why he gets by with that. But well, if he can change that now in Brooklyn, the sky's the limit. Well, let me ask this, though, before we get away from the Brooklyn thing. Because not that we've touched on it much because we haven't covered these guys. Like, we haven't covered Curry or Durant or LeBron yet. We did cover Bosch, I guess, which would be the only one of these guys that we've covered with these super teams. We hold the super team titles against LeBron and Durant. Are we going to do it now in Brooklyn too? Because I don't. Because if he's the one taking the back seat, then he's we're looking at him being the third fiddle on a championship team of that has the most superstars of anybody in the league. So does this count like a regular championship? Because we don't count LeBron's and Durant's like regular championships. Right. When they, if you're not the best player on the championship team, it's something that we've said. Well, or, not yeah. just the best player, but, but if you're on this loaded team that nobody can compete with. Right. Like we were talking about Golden State and so on. Right. I agree. That, that, that's got to be taken into consideration, I think it's too. all going to depend on how it happens. Yeah. I, Say, I'm not saying so much yeah, I that see. they win, but how he plays. I yeah. also don't really think he's third fiddle. I mean, no. he's, he's the one running the offense. He's running everything, and he's still yeah. averaging like 26 a game and like 12 assists. Oh, I, mean, I think he's more important than Kyrie at the moment. Maybe, but Durant's not even playing, so it, it's it's hard to tell what exactly what they are because they never play together. They no. played two games as a threesome. Um, <laughs> One of them either hurt or going somewhere or doing yeah. something. Yeah. Kyrie, yeah, what, what's up with Kyrie and the personal? Yeah, <laughs> Kyrie's feelings are always hurt, and um, Durant is always hurt. Um, I mean, Durant left the game again today. Yeah, he, and got he was the only one. He was the only one playing today, and he. Uh, Got a thigh contusion mm-hmm. and had to leave, and only left eight minutes into the game. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing them play in the playoffs. Yeah. I want to see all three of them together and see what the dynamic is. If they and can make it out of the Eastern Conference. Be- the other part of this is, is right now they've been playing pretty much with two of them. Most of the time it's been Harden and Kyrie, which has worked out well, but they've been surrounding them with good defenders. That when you play all three of them and Joe Harris, you don't have the defenders. And you can usually put one really good defender on the floor. So it's not that I'm saying that they can't play defense. We've seen Durant lock in on defense before. We've even seen Kyrie in the playoffs. Lock in and play good defense. Not world class or anything, but solid defense. But when you're taking guys like Bruce Brown, who's been very important to them, Marcus Aldridge just retired, um, so that means DJ's back at or DeAndre Jordan's back out on the floor. Um, these, I guess, what I'm saying is you're taking defenders off the floor. Um, it'll it, it, it'll be interesting if they ever get healthy to see what it looks like. I guess what I'm saying. I wanted to hit on a couple of things real quick. Um, that what you guys brought up. Um, I mean, there's there's no denying that his usage rate, especially for a three or four year span, was astronomical. I also don't think people really realize how high 
other all-time great wing players' usage rate is either. People sit there. Sorry, excuse me. Um, we're talking about Harden or 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 Westbrook and, and this humongous usage rate. But I mean, Michael Jordan's is the greatest of all time, but no one cares about that. I mean, his usage rate's thirty-three. Um, Kobe's is ahead of his. Iverson's ahead of his. LeBron and D Wade are all ahead of his. T Mac is one point away from James Harden's. I mean, this is all George Gervin is less than a point away. I mean, this is all uh, most great players, not most, but a lot of great players have really high usage rates. It's not just a James Harden, Russell Westbrook thing. And there's a lot of all-time greats that play a similar position that have higher usage rates. I agree. Um, And I was actually going to bring this up later in a different argument, but I guess we can hit on it now. Um, it's it's different. Like we're talking about Jordan. Um, Jordan does have the highest usage rate ever. First off, Jordan won a bunch of championships, so he did something right. Um, but second off, if you end a possession on an assist, it doesn't count towards your usage rate. Um, so with him also. When, you know, Harden has the ball on, or when he was in Houston at least, um, had the ball on every single play, and he decided what happened on every single play all game long unless he left the game. He was either going to score, miss, turn the ball over, or assist on every single play. He was going to throw a lob to Capella, he was going to kick it out for a three, or he was going to try and score himself. And, you know, the three options you have when you try and score yourself, turnover, miss, or make. Um, and that's where Westbrook and Harden have taken it to this crazy level because not only do they have the two highest usage rate seasons ever, they also had double-digit assist seasons. So they literally are deciding everything. But it's not really a negative thing to get an assist. So it's if it doesn't count against thing. your usage rate, you're still doing something positive, though. Right, but that, I'm just saying you still you have so you you have the ball even more. Um, so if I have a usage rate of 32 and you have a usage rate of 32 and we both average 30 points a game and you average 10 assists a game and I average 2 assists a game I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad thing that you have assists but that also just means that you've handled the ball a ton more than me or you're a better passer maybe but you could um, I mean I just, I just I, don't see an assist <sighs> in any way she perform negative I completely disagree with that. I think that's horseshit. Um, there are selfish assisters. LeBron is a selfish assister. Harden and Westbrook have been selfish assisters for f- five or six years. It's I I get an assist, or nobody does. So you'd rather have someone who can score but can't set anybody up? That's what you're. That what you no, prefer? That's what I said. I'm just saying. Um, I would rather have a guy that is willing to move the ball and not be the center of attention on every single play. And I can give the ball up and let somebody else do something. Or if I see the, if I make the first pass to get to that guy, to get to the second pass, the hockey assist, I guess what you call it. I'm willing to make that instead of just keep dribbling until I can make the first pass to get an assist. Cause that's what we see Harden and Westbrook do over and over and over again is unless I can get the assist or score, I'm not giving the ball up. And that's, that's my biggest problem with the two of them is it comes across very selfish, and those are selfish assists. And assists aren't always, yes, assists lead to scores, so they're a positive on the scoreboard. I guess I get that. But what I'm saying is there's a difference between looking to make yourself look good and just being a team player. Not all assists are created equal. Okay, I'll throw something at you then. Okay. Since you're a T-Mac fan. Um, okay, we'll have Harden and T-Mac in, in a situation here. Mm-hmm. T-Mac, we'll say, is the less selfish player, which I'm guessing is probably your opinion. Am I wrong? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, but he averages less less assists, so maybe he's making more more hockey passes or assists. Sorry. <laughs> but uh, but T-Mac's also never made out of the first round of the playoffs, so mm-hmm. it didn't really benefit in his favor to not set up people more directly himself. I mean, we covered this in the T-Mac episode. Um, you know, he didn't play with Hall of Famers. You know, we just talked about Harden playing with three Hall of okay. Famers. Him with Houston. Houston oh. was good. Same as that franchise. 
yes, same exact franchise where he, yes, he played with Yao Ming. Um, but T-Mac never played with a quality of team that we expected to make the finals. Nobody ever said, hey, this might be the best team in the league. That happened to Harden routinely where they're like, hey, they're a title contender. A title um, contender. Nobody ever, nobody ever expected any, any team T-Mac was on to be a title contender. T-Mac, him and Yao Ming finished in the top three or four in the West multiple times, didn't they? James uh, Harden was in a similar situation. They just lost to the Warriors. I honestly don't know what Houston finished the season as. I mean, they would win over 50 games quite a few times, I believe. So, I mean, they they were really good. They were good, and we covered this during the T-Mac episode. Um, three of the four seasons they played together, one of them uh, was on the IL when they went in the playoffs. Well, I mean, being available is a, an important thing. It is, but we're not discussing Yao Ming. You think T-Mac didn't get hurt? Oh, T-Mac did get hurt. He did. Well, that's what we're addressing. Not, not... It's not a knock on James Harden because he played more than Tracy McGrady. Oh, I mean, yes, he. Uh, I mean, his his career is not longer than Tracy McGrady at this point. This this is the point where Tracy got hurt. Eleven years. Um, I mean, on your list, so yeah, just a comparison. <laughs> um, but he is lower than James Harden, I believe. He might be. I don't know. I. But my thing is, is T Mac was asked to do something because he had to. Um, James Harden is doing it because he wants to. Because he was told to. That's D'Antoni's system. Okay. He's doing what he's supposed to do. And one, he did it for like three or four years, not 11, which is, you. we keep bringing up, oh, well, he plays this way. He he did that for a quarter of his career. It was a chunk of time, and, and he had success outside of that period of time and put up great stats outside of those three or four years. Well, this is a majority of his good seasons. I mean, he had two good seasons before he started this usage rate stuff. So, I mean, there are more of the high usage seasons than there's not. I guess I guess we're disagreeing on the usage rate part, on what is the astronomical part and, and what's not. But, yeah. I mean, he put up, he had what, the first two seasons in Houston that he played well and he wasn't dribbling there out of the ball and then it became the James Harden show. No, I'm not, I don't know off the top of my head, but I don't know how long was D'Antoni there. Four or five years? He's been in Houston for eight? I don't know, I don't know how long D'Antoni's been yeah, there. Yeah, I don't know. But at the same time, we both know, everybody knows, that uh, superstars run the NBA and can do whatever the fuck they want. So yeah. just because D'Antoni told him to do something doesn't mean he has to do it and doesn't mean that um, he wasn't for it or any of the case. And like I said earlier, if he just said, Hey, I think I could play off ball a little bit because I'm supposed to be a shooter. Um, and CP3, one of the greatest point guards of all time, could handle the ball a little bit instead of standing in the corner. I'm sure the team would have been like, "Oh, okay," because <laughs> James Harden said so, and he gets his way. I mean, that's literally how it worked in Houston. Yeah, I mean, but they they also had a lot of success. So I mean, it's not like it, they were terrible. No, they weren't. But I mean, we're not, I don't think we're going to agree, so we can move on. But uh, another thing I wanted to bring up, I don't really think he runs people out of Houston, to be completely honest. Dwight Howard was hated before and by like four franchises after. So I'm not really sure if Dwight Howard was the problem. I would agree with you. Um, But him and Chris Paul didn't get along. I'll give you that one. Yes, and Russell Westbrook said that James Harden's the reason he wanted out of Houston. He said he didn't like playing in the Houston offense. Him And, Him and Harden didn't feud. Didn't get into any giant public fights or anything, and, and Russell Westbrook sucked ass in the playoffs when they needed him, and he couldn't play in their system. So they also freely got rid of him. So I don't think he's running everybody off. I, uh, he's got multiple coaches fired. McHale and who? Rick Adelman, one of the all-time winningest coaches in NBA history. Yeah, but they also also failed to get them over the hump. You don't think that factored so in? So did he? Yeah, but they also ran into the Warriors. I mean, you know. Not at the beginning. The Warriors didn't exist when those guys were getting fired. Yeah, but... <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. But when was Adelman there? I don't know, the first two or three years of his tenure there. Okay. I don't, I don't remember who all they played then long ago, to be completely honest. But It'd probably be Clippers, Warriors early, Thunder with Durant, Westbrook, and all of them yeah, still after they left. Who else? Kobe's Lakers, probably. Kobe's late Lakers, yeah. 
Was that the same? That was before, wouldn't it have been? I'm not sure. I'm just guessing. It had right. been late. It had been one of the later years. Yeah, the Mavericks. Ma- no. Maybe yeah, probably the Mavericks. The Spurs. Oh, yeah. Spurs. The Spurs. Would have, yeah. yeah. Try the Spurs. Yeah. You would have got there in what? 13? Yeah. And Spurs were. Yeah. Still got the Spurs and the Thunder. And, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the Spurs, Clippers. The Spurs, the Spurs still would have been good during that time. Yeah. Yeah. The Clippers weren't easy out with. The Blazers were starting to get pretty good. Yeah, before they had to reach. Well, I mean, they and... lost in the playoffs to the Blazers when Aldridge was still there. The one year, mm-hmm. yeah, Aldridge yeah. when Damian Lillard made that Damian shot. Lillard, yeah. yeah, Batum and Matthews and all those guys. Yeah. I say the Gordon Hayward only played for the Jazz that one. They made that little bit of a run. They beat the Rockets because I remember me and Dad were rooting for the Jazz. I can't remember who played with Hayward. Hayward at the end played with Gobert. I remember watching that. I'm uh, pretty sure we're, we're missing someone. Yeah, there was another good player. Uh, oh, Millsap. Millsap played with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, who were the teams in that time period? Uh, well, the Spurs would have won it. Oh, uh, then the other year they would have lost the Heat, and then the Warriors, and then the Thunder. So. Anyway, about coaching. I never heard anything about him doing anything to Rick Adelman, to be completely honest. The McHale thing, yeah. Um, I never heard anything about the Adelman, but uh, maybe I missed it. I'm but, just saying, like, maybe it's a crazy, crazy coincidence, but I just find it hard to believe that we we just keep naming guys and he had nothing to do with it when they clearly are coming out saying he was behind, he was making every decision for the franchise. They did everything he had, he wanted to. They let him do whatever he wanted. Um, Westbrook couldn't stand it because he wouldn't show up on time to things. And they, you know, they, they catered to him so much and, you know, he was too busy at the strip club instead of coming to practice and, you know, all these things. Like, Harden was able to do whatever he wanted and got his way in every turn of, uh, in Houston. So it, it just seems like too big a coincidence for for him to not have a hand in any of this. No, I think he oh, – sorry, Ray. I was just going to make a funny joke. It's, it's a government conspiracy, mm-hmm. and it's going to be a documentary later on. It's going to be James Harden behind the scenes. We're going to see all kinds of crazy stuff going on. He does like the strip club. Well, I mean, like oh, I yeah, said, yeah. that's his well name, documented. His, I think I said this off air, but his name on bas- his nickname on basketball reference is El Chapo. <laughs> there you go. No, but I mean, I, I agree with with some of the players, and and like the Mikhail was the coach. Like, sorry, I agree. Like with with some of those, I just don't think <clears throat> all of them was him. Like I said, there are entire franchises that hated having Dwight Howard on their roster, not just James Harden. The Russell Westbrook thing, I think, was a mutual. You don't fit our system. You were the, well, not the reason, but you were the worst player on our team in the playoffs. He wanted to leave. They, he wanted his own team again. So they agreed to ship him off. I'll give you Paul McHale. Him and Paul still don't like each other, I don't think. No, they don't. They actually just, Chris Paul just had an interview with, uh, who was it? Rachel Nichols? Maybe, maybe Rachel Nichols, and he didn't have, he wouldn't talk about James. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, and. I, you know, we discussed this in the James Harden, or not James Harden, sorry, the Dwight Howard episode. We know what Dwight Howard's rep- reputation has been um, before and since. Um, but this all came up, uh, appeared to come out of jealousy and ridiculousness, though. They were feeding Dwight Howard the ball in the first half of a deciding game. Dwight mm-hmm. Howard is literally flat dominating the other team, scoring 25 in like the first quarter. And then Harden won't give him the ball the rest of the game. And then after the season, says it's Dwight or me. That was a Blazers game, correct? I think it was. Yeah, I was watching was that game. Um, and it almost reminded me, not more part of it's because they play the same positions, not because they're the same players, I just mean. But it almost reminded me of the Kobe Shaq stuff, where it was like, uh, you're getting too many touches. Now I need my <laughs> touches. Now I'm pouting. Now I'm not. Now I don't want to play no more. Now you got to pick, or I'm not going to play. Like, and you know it. I think a large part of it is that this went on after Dwight left and a couple other places. He tries to ask for the ball or demand the ball almost every time down the court. He's not really a great. Sorry, um, he's not a great. He doesn't have very good post moves, and he's not. He's a freak athlete, and he's he's average over twenty points a game before. few times, but he's not someone you feed the ball to constantly, especially later in his career. And Harden didn't want to feed him the ball constantly. 
I agree. I I agree. Harden was selfish uh, in, in certain situations when he when he shouldn't have been, but I I think he went back and forth, and, uh, and they just decided to go in in different direction, and, and then yeah. I don't know. I've I've said this for a couple years now. I've said when when are we going to look at James Harden? Um, we kind of did this year because he tried to sabotage a franchise, um, but it was like people just kept leaving and couldn't play with him, and we constantly blamed other people. It was like, oh, it's it's James or it's uh, Dwight Howard's fault. Oh, Chris Paul is a jerk. Oh, but then it was like, oh, Russell Westbrook's his best friend. And then that didn't work either. And he's the one that lobbied the franchise to do it when Daryl Morey said, oh, Russell Westbrook doesn't fit the way we play basketball. He doesn't use analytics basketball. Uh, we don't. He can't shoot. Uh, this doesn't fit our system. And James Harden said do it anyway, so they did it. And then it didn't work. I don't know. I just, at some point, I just felt like we had to look at him and be like, maybe James Harden is the issue here. Um, but then he he has gone to Brooklyn and changed the way he plays basketball. But maybe all the shit in Houston humbled him a little bit. I don't know. And we we hope that he's learned over the time and, and plays differently. I mean, plays the same but behaves differently over the next few years. And I think he's at a turning point where I think he can drastically change how he's viewed and what his legacy is. Yeah. I also think in, in the role he's in right now with Brooklyn, obviously he's always going to score, but being the facilitator, I think in some ways and having um, two other dominant scores. But this is just better for James Harden, I believe. It is, he can run the offense, use his passing ability, still score when he has to. But I think is a better suited situation than than Houston. Well, think back to when he first started his career with the Thunder, mm-hmm. and he, I mean, he came off the bench. But how well did they play when he came in and did those other things and did not have to be well, the he, alpha? He would facilitate said. the offense, right? Exactly, and he's gone back to that now. Mm-hmm. When when Harden came off the bench, Westbrook moved to the two. Right, yeah. and Harden handled the ball for the offense, and they were unbelievable. Yeah, and ran the second unit when Westbrook yeah. and, and Durant. Is at that yes. point Durant wasn't a great passer, and right. Westbrook, well, really wasn't either. You know, he's the point guard. And Westbrook, yeah. I'm not sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but, but Westbrook has never been a great passer. Westbrook has never been that guy, like even Harden, like where he makes a pass and you're like, whoa, that was a nice pass. Westbrook just dumps the ball off to guys at the rim and they dunk it. And Westbrook has never been that guy, uh, or the nice pass Westbrook. It just makes a play and draws attention in the lane. Uh, it's okay, I think he's just this crazy athlete we've never seen at that size. And, uh, and this whole game is just forced on him. Yes. is that the right? Yeah, I agree. And like, yeah, rigid. I agree. Yeah, like he's not smooth at anything. Even when he drives to the basket and does like a nice like finger roll, it's like looks like shit. <laughs> but it, it'll go in. You're just like, yeah, that like he forced that so hard, or his, his jumper doesn't look smooth. Power pass. Yeah, his his passes aren't super smooth. Like Alex said, that, that's just his, that's the way he's always been. Well, I will say this though. I mean, maybe we said it in the Westbrook episode. I don't remember. But if Westbrook was six eight, holy shit, what would he do in the league? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like, was, you know, if he was if he was built like LeBron, holy cow. Yeah. Yeah. Um. No, I agree with what you're saying, Wade. And I actually, I didn't see it when the trade was made. I mean, the Harden to the to Brooklyn trade. Um, but I think this is the best version of what this Brooklyn threesome could be. Because I don't think either one of the other two, Kyrie or Durant, I mean, can be this level of distributor. I agree. They can both pass. They are both quality passers. And can run an offense for you, but they can't get to this level that Harden is doing right now. And I don't think Harden is as good a pure scorer as either one of them. He's yeah. definitely not as good as Durant. But I think Kyrie is just talking about pure scoring is better at it than Harden as well. 
But the I think the other key to this is, and Wade touched on it earlier, is if they use him like this, and then later on in the playoffs somewhere, something happens, foul trouble, an injury, whatever, and they need him to take over, he may have more energy to do so. I agree completely. I like, it. Um, I, I like this setup, even though I'm not a huge fan of the, the super team shit. It kind of irritates me, even though Kyrie's my guy and he's on this team. Um, I I like the way this team is formed. I think it fits better than a lot of other super teams we've seen. I think LeBron's super teams have been very forced at times, especially the Heat. Yeah, that one. LeBron, was... D-Wade, and Bosh were not a good fit. No. Um, they literally had to completely change the way Chris Bosh played to make him fit, and D-Wade and LeBron never fit together well. They were more talented than everybody, but they weren't a good basketball fit. Yeah. Um, Kyrie and LeBron fit better because Kyrie could shoot, but then they regulated Kevin Love to a corner three-point shooter mm-hmm. and he would not give him the ball in the post. I say he was a double-double yeah. machine. I, I will say to let the, the Warriors turn into a very nice, fluent, Dominant offense with their super team, Steph, Clay, and and Durant still all got theirs, and it was a nice, fluid offense. I will, I will say that they fit better than I think a lot of people thought they would. They did. Uh, they, I mean, I think they had a season where all three of them averaged twenty, I believe. Yeah. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. Steph and Durant were always up there, and yeah, then yeah, yeah, yeah. Clay was he always flirted with that the twenty points per game right there. Mm-hmm. Or we're getting a little off. Um. Yeah. I mean, so. Anyway, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't have any more strong feelings. Do you want to do our closing yeah. arguments? Yeah, that's yeah, fine. So, so Ray, you want to hit us up with your closing statement? Uh, sure. Uh, mine's a little different. I'm not going to do a closing argument. I want to ask a closing question. Okay. Um, what all goes into the mathematical equation of a usage rate? Oh, I can answer that. The usage rate. Is the amount of possessions that end with you, with you. So it's either you having a turnover, you missing a shot, or making a shot. And that's it. That's it. That is your usage rate. Huh. Huh. Very interesting. I thought there'd be a little bit more to it than just that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that's not going to lie. I thought, too. I thought it was like, you know, eight different stats combined. I thought it was like how much like, you were like dribbling up the court and all that nope. stuff. Not. Um, well, that's, a, that's something else we didn't really touch on, and I, it's probably partially my fault, is Harden's turnovers. I he mean, did turn over a lot. I mean, he, I mean, he has the like three of the five most turnover seasons ever. Um, yeah. I mean, well, he, he has a season where he averaged almost six a game, 5.7. When you had the highest usage rate ever, you're going to turn the ball <laughs> over gonna, a little bit. You're going to have a lot yeah. of turnovers. Yeah. Uh, and if he can tin- – now, again – I don't know what his turnovers are in Brooklyn. I have it in front of me. I should just look, actually. Um, in Brooklyn this year, he's only averaging two. Oh, wait, oh he's averaging four point one. So it's still a ridiculous amount of turnovers. Um, if he continues at this rate, he's going to be the all-time turnover leader, and it's not even going to be close. Um, yeah. It's, I mean, honestly, the all-time turnover guy very quickly is going to be LeBron. Yeah. Um, but Harden's on pace to catch him. Westbrook, Westbrook was, but the last couple seasons he's slowed down quite a bit. Well, again, LeBron's also zoned you know, 17 years straight with the ball in his hands all the time. You know, yeah. You're going to turn the ball over a lot. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, um, that's, that, well, that's what you used to drink, okay. Ray. Sorry. Right, cool. Got off on a tangent there. Uh, all right, Uncle Doug. Well, again, I'm reserving judgment on Harden. Uh, I appreciate the. The case you guys made tonight, uh, I've still seen enough of James that I'm skeptical, and I think that affected how I rated him, but I am open to uh, listening and watching him play, and I'm looking forward to this year's playoffs to see with those three on the court what happens and maybe a return to the Thunder. Um now that there are better versions and you replace um, Westbrook with Kyrie um, and the Thunder were right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and makes the Nets look very formidable. And if he can go back to playing like that, could be good. Um, I will say I'll, I'll give kudos. I liked you guys' argument today. Um, not not that I'm trying to leave Drew out, but I really did like the AI thing. That was very clever. Um, and I do think, like I said earlier, this season could play a huge role in Harden's legacy. Because first off, if they go get knocked out in the second round of the playoffs, they're all going to look bad. They're not all just Harden, super bad. Um, or even if they, I mean, lose in the Eastern Conference Finals, really, it may, it'll make them look bad. Um, the only way they lose and don't look terrible is if they lose the Lakers in the finals. Yeah. Or um, if injuries like, yeah, bad. This Ray Durant might not even play in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's I say, say all three of them are just one of them plays. And... Injuries does seem to be the thing that would hold them back the most right now. Um, but anyway, um, I will say this. Um, Harden has impressed the shit out of me in Brooklyn. Um, and if he continues to play this for way, a few seasons there, Will be there'll be no way you can keep him off your list. I don't think, and I will say that part of the reason you know I probably left him off my list is how much I dislike him in his game, and the fouls and the flopping and the traveling and all that stuff. It really bothers me. So I will say that yeah, that's that's my closing argument. I guess I don't know who wants to go next, Wade or Drew, but yeah, go for it. I will. I put James Harden on my list because, yeah, I'm not really a huge James Harden fan. All those years with the Rockets, I was rooting against him. Like I said, Dad, I was rooting for the Jazz against him. I was always rooting for the Warriors to beat him. But I think all the stuff he's accomplished and stuff, yes, he's not my favorite player. But I think he's still, he's still one of the best players ever played the game. But he's using the ball all the time. so oh. And now he's changing his ways. and. Great players can change their ways if they have to. As long as if he changes and he stays like this and he can win, I think he's going to be one of the greatest players of all time. Um, well, I mean, I, th- I just think pretty much just to be just flat out up front, he's better now than Iverson. So <laughs> you can just take him off the goddamn list right now and put on James Harden. But uh, I, as far as... Not even really just guards, I think. Um, a lot of all-time great players or Hall of Fame players that don't have championships. Um, I think James Harden is near the top of that list. Not the top. He's not at the top. But he's near the top, I think. He's, he's in that mix of, uh, of all-time great players that, that haven't, haven't quite gotten to the mountaintop yet, which maybe he changes in Brooklyn. Um, he's you know, set records, has MVPs, scoring titles, assist titles. Um, I've I've heard people compare compare him on shows to he's the shooting guard version of Carmelo. Um, astronomical stats, breaking records, but just just the, the playoff success isn't quite there. But Carmelo is looked at as a one of the greatest power forwards ever. Um, but uh, that's that's my personal opinion on uh, on old James Harden. All right, thank you guys, and I guess that leads us to our next segment. The trivia segment. Um, anybody got a question ready? I can go. All right, Willard. Well, you know, I've been doing a very similar style for a while now, and I'm going to keep it going. The Charlotte Hornets. Who is their all-time leader in rebounds? These are tricky, Wade. What does the Charlotte Hornets franchise encompass? Yeah, you got a franchise um, that's Is it changed. New Orleans? Is it the Bobcats? I believe New Orleans counts um, the Bobcats. I will yeah. double check so I don't give you a wrong answer. That's it, which... I wouldn't think the Bobcats. No, I said that well, who the? Well, they were the. Yeah, I'm tr- I gotta think here. I got the current Hornets. Or used the to be the Bobcats, right? So it has to. That has to include the Bobcats. Okay. okay. Um, but. The current Hornets are not the old Hornets. Right. They are the Pelicans. Yeah. Right. So the Hornets that like Morning and Johnson play for are a different franchise. Well, no, this counts. um, There are some older players on here from like the 90s. So it does? Yes. Okay, so it goes back to the original. And and the Bobcats are on here. There are some Bobcat players on here. So, yes. The whole ordeal. And you're asking for rebound leader. Rebounds, correct. Oh, God. 
Right. Who was on the Bobcats? I didn't think about the whole of them changing names. That's my bad. But no, yes. I, I, I just wanted to know before I tried. Which Hornets yes. teams? They did have some very good big men back in the day. Yeah. They have. All right. I have my answer. I have an answer. Yeah, I'm ready. All good it is. All right, show me. Odin Campbell. Alonzo Warning. Anthony Davis. Larry Johnson. It is Emeka Okafor. Uh, I almost put Okafor. Yeah, I really, really did. did. But I was like, I don't think he played there long enough. But I guess he did. Yep. Because Campbell seemed to be there for most of my childhood. So I was like, yeah. he'll, he'll have a bunch of free yeah. So nobody got that one correct? Yeah. Yes, correct. I got a question ready. All right, let's go, Drew. Who was the rookie of the year in 2007? Ouch, man. I got to figure out a year. Oh, my goodness. That's hard. Um, well, I'll just say this out loud because it'll... Give us a hint. A hint. <laughs> Dwight Howard was drafted in 05. So that would have been two years after Dwight, if that helps anybody. But I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't. This is going to be a stupid guess. Oh, 2007. Fuck. Oh, Holy cow. Okay. Oh, my god! I got a guess. Oh, man. I'm, I'm struggling to even guess. Like, I... I mean, I just thought of a player that I'm pretty sure won Rookie of the Year it has to be somewhat in that time period. <laughs> so. All right, I'm going to guess, but I think I'm off on years. I'm sure I'm off. Everybody ready? Yeah. Yep. We yeah. got Tyreek Evans. I said Westbrook. Westbrook, sorry. I said uh, Steph Curry. I said Brandon Roy. You're right, Wade. So- Woo! Go away! Wow, Brandon Roy. I ain't heard that name he was a beast. His in, again injuries ended that career. He was yeah. he was balling because him and Aldridge balled before Lillard got there. That is true. Yeah, I like Brandon Roy. I kind of like he was I did too. I really like Brandon Roy. He was really good. He was. Yeah, he was impressive. All right, who's got another question for us? You want me to go? Sure. All right. <clears throat> Two thousand nine draft. Oh boy. No, I'll, I'll make this a little easier for you. James Harden was number three. Okay, can you name the first two? <laughs> and just to, to throw a little bit out there, uh, Steph Curry was number seven, and DeMar DeRozan was number nine. Okay, so Harden was three, and you, so we need right. two guys. Yeah, one and two. What year did you say it was, 2009? Two, yeah, 2009. Okay. I think I'm pretty positive I know who number two is, but I don't know who number one is, damn it. <laughs> Uh, I, I would. Well, I'm not gonna give you hands. Oh my god! Wow, these are some tough questions, Dra- guys. Draft ones are tough. I know. I like it though, making us think. I was wondering at the beginning of all this how I many, how long, what kind of questions we would have. If they'd get easier as we go on, or if they'd get a lot tougher. Probably tougher. I think <laughs> they I can we, tell. We were all getting two and three right uh, episode at the beginning. Now it's now like we one get like of one us. or two points total over the episode. Yeah. So. I, I don't know. Wow. I'm just guessing random people. All right. I think I'm ready. All right. I got to guess. <laughs> all right. What do you guys got? Anthony Bennett, Paul George, Anthony Davis, Tariq Evans. Griffin and the beat. Not available. Actually, Alex got it correct. Oh my god. I knew the beat for sure. I couldn't think on uh, who number one was, so I guessed a number one pick. Good job, Alex. Son of a bitch. Alright, I'll go ahead with mine. Which of the following players is the son of Jimmy Walker? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna give you multiple choice, so you. Uh, I mean, you got what a 25% chance of getting this. All right. All right. So the choices are: Samaki Walker, Antoine Walker, Tony Dumas, and Jalen Rose. 
I got mine. I got mine. Okay, go for it. Yeah, I got mine. Rose. Rose. I said C. I put some hockey. <laughs> Jalen Rose. <laughs> <laughs> you got it? Yeah. Wow, did not know that. Yeah, I knew Jalen Rose had a uh, father, you know, because he talks about it in one of the 30 for 30s. And they got a snippet here. It says, an interesting story has always been Rose's relationship with his father. Never have known him too well. He has gone by his career rather than his personal life. So... <laughs> All right, well, I guess that just leaves me, right? I'm the only one left? Yeah. All right. My question is, since we talked a lot about usage rate today, who is currently leading the NBA in usage rate? Like in the 2021 season? I have a question. Like, does it count? Like, say they're injured. Does it count, like, what they have? Currently, there's like a certain amount of games that they have. I assume that's a certain amount of games, but I yeah. know this person has missed games. Um, I got mine. I'm ready. Hang on, I'm changing mine. Everybody got it? Yep. But go for it. All right, we got Trey Young. Uh, yes. Damian Lillard. I also said Trey Young. I said Lillard. The correct answer is Luka Doncic. Damn, Ooh, I, I almost I had a Jokic on there because I I heard today his is super high. I was thinking Luka or Trey. I said I'll go with Trey. And Trey Young is seventh. Ooh, it went down a little bit. Uh, Joel Embiid is second. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Is Jokic up there? No, it's really it's Doncic, Embiid, Bradley Beal, Steph Curry, Donovan Mitchell. Devin Booker, Trey Young, Giannis, then Dame, John Wall, LeBron, Westbrook, Levine, Fox, Kyrie, Tatum, Zion, Jalen Brown, Paul George, and Vucevic. That's the top 25. But what was Vucevic's? 29. Oh, well, the stat I heard today said Yotis was like at 34. So that's what. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they're talking about a certain period of time instead of the whole season. Could be. I mean, I'm sure his usage rate is going to go up now that Murray's out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is that everybody? That's everybody. Yep. And nobody got that correct, right? I don't no. think so, no. All right, so the standings are as follows. Ray with 13. Alex with 21. Doug with 25. Drew with a point for the first time in a while, 26. And Wade has 30. Woo! So, Wade has extended his lead today. And that will wrap up our episode on James Harden. Please join us next week for our episode on Walt Frazier, who will also be defended by the same two guys, I do believe anyway, Drew and Wade. That is correct. All right. I think so. Yeah. Yep. So uh, join us next week for the Walt Frazier episode, the point guard. And uh, thanks for your listen to Sports the Nemo Way.